Alright, welcome everyone to Joe Star All Stars, a podcast by four Oingo! Boingo! Brothers! <laughs> for all you Oingo! Oh Boingo! <laughs> Out there. As always, I'm Joey Foils. I'm Grant. I'm Tim. And I'm Victor. And we are committed to this bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of work in post to make that sound good. It's, oh, don't worry, it won't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> good. And we're here to talk to you today about Joey, Stardust Crusaders. What? That, that's how you know you did a good job. It's like you <laughs> did no work at all. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here today to talk to you about just our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, episode 27. Oingo, I'm just calling it Oingo Boingo Brothers because I'm not going out. Zenyatta's <laughs> in duel and whatever. It's the Oingo Boingo episode and it's amazing. Thank you all for joining us. This is a JoJo Watch Along podcast where we watch every single episode of this wonderful, wonderful show and make just tremendously bad jokes about it. Right, I'm going to say this now rather than wait till the end of the episode because I want this to just frame our whole discussion of this. Okay. A couple of my friends who have watched through all of JoJo on my recommendation, all right? Like, I, I told them uh-huh. I was doing a podcast and they should watch the show. And so eventually they did. They watched all of it. And now they're they're completely ahead of me and everything. Uh, they asked me. The so students what, have become the master. Yeah. So what is your favorite episode of JoJo? And this was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I couldn't tell them. I was like, oh, you know, the episode where Caesar dies is really, really good. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the the episode three of Phantom Blood is really, really good. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I I really enjoy Yellow Temperance. Like I, just, these there's just good episodes, right? And yeah. then I watch this episode. You could have fooled me on my Yellow Temperance one. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, it's a better episode that I get. Yeah, probably I remember you. Point. I remember you giving mm. that shit. But I mean, we get cocky. Ch- anyway, yeah. yeah. But after watching this episode, <laughs> I can definitively say this is the best episode of the anime so far. Objectively, like up to this point, this is the best episode of the anime. This is a good choice. It, this is some good Looney Tunes idiocy. Yep. <laughs> Every second of this episode is a treasure. And you're right, Tim. Like it is the like we have not been this Looney Tunes since ACDC swallowed a stick of dynamite. <laughs> the entire stick Stom- of dynamite. The pillar just stomach flew away. <laughs> Like, I love every single part of this. It is so good. Oh. My note says, I love the Oingo Boingo art, but then I crossed out art and just wrote everything. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love this titty bird that's in the manga? <laughs> I love all the art. And I, I love the smoking frog flowers you see in the background. Yeah. I, I love the, the just... Homunculi, <laughs> like oh, when you said titty bird, I thought you were talking about the design for for Boingo in the in the Boingo Boingo manga. But no, there's just a fucking titty bird. <laughs> oh god, no, no, that's that's no good. <laughs> they let a child have this manga. I, a, I didn't catch that before. It's it's got teeth. It's got teeth. I, I, I was just distracted by all the rest of the art. Everything flies by so fast when you're looking at thoughts manga, but like I, it's like it's hideous. A fever, it's a fever dream. Like looking at the Oingo Boingo like a uh, like adventure book or whatever it's called. It's a just 
a mess, a hot mess, <laughs> but like cohesive, beautiful in its like a- atrocities against mankind. <laughs> it's hideous and compelling. Like it's it's dark, but you can't look away. It's like there is beauty in this madness. <laughs> so, I want to ask y'all: Where does uh-huh. Oingo's stand power rate for you? Oingo or Boingo? What? Yeah, Oingo or Bongo, be specific. I think Oingo, the bigger brother. <laughs> yes. Uh, Actually, it's Messina. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> he could be Messina. Loggins and Messina. Uh, See, I gotta give him an a, a solid A+. Really? Yeah. It, because he doesn't have a stand that does anything, he just resorts to using, you know, like, a bomb. Making him the most dangerous stand user we've yet got. It was, it, it was a good plan. He doesn't even set it off as a plan B when it would have killed everyone. Like Captain Dragon. His plan A, like poison and a bomb. There you go. Like, sure God. wish he had a gun, didn't he? Yeah. How legal are so, guns in Egypt right now? Oh, I love this art so much. Like, I'm just looking at the opening <laughs> sequence where he's reading the book on the bus, and uh, like this drawing of Jotaro at like the fucking massive hands and feet on all of these characters. He's got a safety pin through his head. Uh, <laughs> like Iggy is just all black down there. <laughs> it's weird because Oingo, uh, no, yeah, Oingo is the worst looking one in this uh, this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, like by a long shot, <laughs> and I'm just not sure why he has a bulge. <laughs> yeah, I'm unsure why he's got like teeth. Just you know like I don't... none of them are pointing in the same direction as any of the others. <laughs> so l- let's just get a little bit of setup out of the way here, so we can just glide through this episode. <laughs> yeah, there's a frog have... smoking a cigarette. Like, I... <laughs> yeah, we have Oingo and Boingo. They are brothers. One is tall, one is small. The littler, like creepy frog brother, has a magic comic book that can tell the future. But like one page in the future, and anything it shows will happen. And then. Oingo, the older, larger, more JoJo stru- stature brother, can shape change into any- anyone. Like, he just, like, mashes his face up and can change his height, weight, and smell, he says, to look like anyone else. Yeah, so it's it's Thoth and Kanum, uh, respectively. Yes, though, and for some reason, even when writing out Thoth with Roman letters, they couldn't spell it right. <laughs> it's Thoth. Uh... <laughs> Yep, and, and it's spelled incorrectly everywhere where you try to look for this for jo- anything JoJo related. <laughs> I no, it's not. It's not Thoth. It's Tahoth. <laughs> God, I was that's just... search engine optimization right there. Oh, I was just scrubbing through the episode because after we get through the sequence of him o- o- reading this book at the beginning, we cut to end of the world, and I just I had landed on this gorgeous picture of young Dio, and I'm like, wait, am I in the same episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like from that hideous thing straight to end of the world, which is just objectively gorgeous. Oh, it's so good. It looks so good. And then we go back to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they're trying to use this book in order to determine what they are going to do in order to kill these uh, uh, Stardust Crusaders. And and, uh, they see, they're like, oh, the book just says we need to poison them. They drink the poison. See it right here. Yeah, the like predictions they... are never wrong. 
Never wrong. Never so they're like, all right, we'll just like set up shop in this cafe, you know, poison their 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 tea, and all be good. I love how nonchalantly he murders this guy with a frying pan. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'd love that we come back from end of the world to just this instant edit cut of the frying pan coming down on this guy we've never seen before. <laughs> It's super <laughs> murdered, though. Like, it's a lot of blood. It's a lot of blood. <laughs> we get a close-up on his face for a second, less than a second, before a frying pan just brains him. They, they use some quality cast iron for that one. Mm. That guy's dead. Does that, and does that mess up the coating? Do you have to, like, re-season afterwards? Or does blood enhance the flavor? It's on the bottom. It's fine. Ah, you're right. Um... After this, Boingo proceeds to laugh in a way that no nobody should laugh like this. Look, it's it's a frog having a seizure. I'm like, are you are you okay? No, he's not okay. No, maybe you should go to the hospital. Yeah, they're at the Cafe Maxim, and I was uh, disappointed not to see more uh, scantily clad women here. <laughs> nope. God, that's Seems like joke. there was just one yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Just one. yeah. Some dudes all the way down. <laughs> it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> so, we get the format of this episode, which is... Boingo reading the manga in the background, being like, yes, this can't fail. Oingo being on the front line, interacting with these lunatics, <laughs> and just the tension of, like, it, it just not... Uh. The tension of uh, the everything conspiring to not do the book... And but, then, also, but it is doing the book. But also it, it's doing the book, and it's just, like... The comedic tension is just amazing. This episode the, is the so The dramatic good. irony... The it's thick so dramatic funny. irony is so great. Like it's so funny. It, it goes for something kind of ambitious here. It plays true comedy with the audience's expectations, with the characters and their expectations and their motivations. And like just the it uses all of its characters correctly. This episode is phenomenal. So we get our trio because Kak- they left Kaku and Avdol unattended in the hospital because, yeah, sure, whatever. That's, that, <laughs> that's not going to be bad. There's not enemy stand users coming for them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have another private island between here and Cairo. <laughs> One of them could have stayed. So, um, <laughs> I wrote down, has Polnareff ever smoked before? I don't, no. I don't recall no, ever seeing... No, no. I don't think I've ever seen him smoke before. But it's like, Araki just forgot that he's not a smoker, and that Jotaro absolutely is. I thought about it for five seconds, and I'm like, well, he's French. <laughs> French in the 80s, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay. of course he smokes. It's reasonable. I just wanted to call it out. No, I, I immediately was like, wait a second. I mean, he, and he's immediately a menace about it. So like, oh, I'm he, like, this just checks out. Polnareff's yes. an yes. asshole. <laughs> he's such a douche. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, let's, let's stop uh, at a cafe and get some refreshment. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And it's like, there's like a bajillion cafes around here. Which one do we go to? And Polnareff's like, I got this. I'll just <laughs> flick my cigarette and whichever way it lands, we'll go to that one. I'm like, who does this? Who, does Who fucking this? does this? And then it lands end up. <laughs> Half smoke, <laughs> lit cigarette. God. 
He calls so, back to it later. Yeah, I know. Yes. yes, it's so <laughs> good. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got this expert cigarette flip, though. Like He knew which one he wanted to go to. Oh, and then they, they all sit down, and here comes this stand-ass motherfucker. <laughs> stand-ass motherfucker. <laughs> just wearing an apron over his jean vest and pink shirt. And I like that he turned hat. his hat backwards, so at least, you know, so they it looks like know. he's... Looks like he's working in the kitchen now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joseph, after Polderoff tries to order black tea, has the cautious moment. <laughs> he's like, wait a second. We could be poisoned at any moment. And Oingo is just like, Nani. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Joseph. This isn't like amazing like this is way smarter than you normally are <laughs> he's, he's like he's like pulling like real like underworld spy bullshit like he's just like no we're gonna take only sealed bottles and you know what give us the third fourth and fifth from the right like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and bring them to the table we'll open them ourselves and Oingo's great where he's like oh no it's not gonna work but he, he doubts it for a moment but he does the right <laughs> thing he's actually trying he's, he's like no it's always right. I have to yeah. see this through to the yeah. end. Like Boingo is like, no, my my book is always <laughs> right. Just just trust in it. And so he brings the bottles back when another customer just shouts out, "Hey asshole, why is my coke warm? I'm not paying for this." And leaves. And they're like, "Oh, well, if it's gonna be warm coke, we'll just take the poison." Or the coke's not cold. <laughs> Fuck Joseph! Come on, man. <laughs> oh, you oh, just Mike. had this moment of brilliance. I know. Well, to be all, fair, <laughs> yeah. Ahead. All I could think was like, yeah, this is about right for Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, I'm just trying to be cautious, y'all. And Polnareff, the menace, who's like. <laughs> Shouldn't be listened to it ever. Actually, brings the book. He's like, "How would they know which cafe we went into?" You know what? If you're so I con- chose it at random. If you're so concerned, let's just go to the one across the street. So they get up <laughs> and to cut to the <laughs> cafe on it's fire. It's on fire. The <laughs> <laughs> is literally on fire. <laughs> shouts out, some asshole like flicked a lit cigarette into some trash and, and, and pulled my place on fire. And Polnareff literally says, "What kind of idiot? What kind of asshole? Lit cigarette." And some trash, and, and I'm like, are, are, you, "Are you kidding me?" And he says it straight face, real, like he wasn't the asshole. Like, I, I just can't believe it. I can't can. believe it. I can, 100 percent can. He's too stupid to like. He like he's playing that Looney Tunes role where he is too stupid to die. Polnareff will walk into that painting of a tunnel on the wall because he doesn't realize it's not a painting, and then the Staniers just gonna be like, "What? Ha-? Like he's the road runner in this? Gravity, <laughs> gravity will never affect him because he'll never look down." Yep. <laughs> God, it's just, it's just like, yeah, what kind of idiot throws a cigarette into a trash? He's still smoking. He still has a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. He can't remember 15 seconds ago. So they all go back and settle down for some nice relaxing poison tea. Yeah, three so poisons. Like, yeah, three poisons, please. And, and, and they're like pots of tea. They're, they're starting to drink it, and and Boingo's like, "We got him, brother. We, we did it. We did it." And then Iggy, to save the day, tips over it, like some other customers' like drinks, eats a, their sandwich, 
and this lady proceeds to chuck every dish on her table <laughs> at the dog. And I'm like, excuse you, you come into our cafe and throw our dishes. Who the fuck do you think you are? I 100% know that the owner will not give a shit. As he is dead in the back. God, it's Iggy's new design where he just kind of has a human face on a... It's a little upsetting. And like like a cartoon, everybody spits out their drink. Yep. Yep. And they all run after Iggy. Like, they had no idea where the dog was before this. They had, th- There was not a word said about Iggy. But now that he's shown his face, we all have to drop everything we're doing and run. Well, he's, Though they do pay. They do pay. They left money on the table, which is really nice. I, w- yeah. I was not expecting that. And also, it's not going to the owner. <laughs> if it was just Jotaro, he would just walked out and not paid. Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, this, yeah. this poison Wait, is also warm. Who, who paid then? Because Polarif wouldn't have done it. It's definitely Joseph. Like, yeah. Joseph will Joseph pay. just flexing the wallet again. I don't know if Joseph would have done this, though. Like, he's also really stupid. No, but Joseph's definitely just flexing the wallet. You know he okay. is. Okay. He's got He it. had the money on the table already. <laughs> God, I'm watching this lady just throw the dishes at the I dog. Just, dude, <laughs> I'm looking at her date, and this guy is, like, broader than even the Joe stars are. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is jacked. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. He's just—it looks like a fucking fed. He looks like a fed in plain clothes because he's wearing khakis. He's wearing a, a, a like a like a button-down shirt with a tie, but he's got his and sunglasses. He's got his like sleeves rolled up, but he's got the fucking fed sunglasses. Oh, wait, cool it. You're gonna blow our cover here. We're here to investigate this place. Evidently, the owner's doing something shady. We got him this time. Just don't blow. Our- I watched. I watched him poison those three men over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, God. I, I want to take a moment to call out that like Judge's Bizarre Adventure always does very good sound design stuff the music is A plus the Oinko Boinko tracks like just the background <laughs> the weird spooky like the, it's goofy it's spooky and it's so spot on for these two oh, there's God. a lot of just Looney Tunes ass music in this episode too <laughs> yeah this episode is so good. Everything is correct about it. <laughs> uh, so the two get away. They, they don't poison them successfully. They're like, no, don't worry. We're an unbeatable duo. I love these two Oingo Boingos. They're like, no, we got them next time. We're just going to read a little <laughs> further ahead, and we got this. After all, we're the Oingo Boingo brothers. Oingo. Boingo. Brazza. Brazza. <laughs> And so they look at the book, and they're like, all right, they, they, the two brothers didn't give up. They walk down the street and see a guy, the exact sort of guy they hate. I hate this guy. <laughs> and Oingo punches him perfectly in the face. <laughs> and he drops his wallet and runs away. Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> it's full a of, lot of money. money. In it. We're rich, brother. Yay, we're rich. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're in the middle of assassinating people, and they stop to just mug a guy because they don't like his fucking glasses. <laughs> Hold on, this is important. Look, it's in the book. We can't not do it. It's in yeah. the book because he looks like a assholes. fucking. 
<laughs> he looks like a fucking Pokemaniac, yeah, too. He does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Yep. <laughs> that took me a minute, but yeah, I'm there. Alright, so we get to the net, like, we get what's gonna happen next time when we cut to commercial, but first, let's take this opportunity, Victor. Because Oingo and or Boingo, that's a musical <laughs> reference, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, hell yes. I've heard they like oh, little I'm girls. Oh, I'm to talk about and this. Like, what, and like weird science. Ed, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to cut that one out with monkey. Oh. You know, now you're going to make me put monkey noises in, Tam. Yeah! Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Western Music Reference, where this week we're getting weird indeed with a segment all about our favorite 1980s surrealist ska punk new wave rock band, Oingo Boingo. The band's story starts in 1972 with Richard Elfman, who started a musical theater troupe called the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. The Mystic Knights put on a wide variety of performances covering music from the 1890s through the 1950s, in addition to writing their own material. At this time, the band included as many as 15 members playing over 30 instruments, a number of which they had built themselves. Unfortunately, they kept the performances strictly live and didn't put any of their work to vinyl. By 1976, though, Richard had gained an interest in filmmaking, and he passed off leadership of the band to his brother Danny Elfman. Under Danny's leadership, the Mystic Knights gained a significant following in the Los Angeles area, and even appeared on The Gong Show. For those of you not familiar with The Gong Show, think of it like a 1970s precursor to America's Got Talent, where instead of having a set panel of judges with their own buzzers, there's a variable cast of celebrity guests with a single giant gong behind their table that serves the same purpose. Anyway, that performance on The Gong Show included a six-piece horn section in clown pants and kiss makeup, a guy in a big purple dragon costume that reminds me a lot of those rubber T-Rex suits you can buy these days, Another guy running around with a rocket prop around his waist that puffed yellowish smoke out the back on command, and one attractive woman in what I can only describe as a pinup outfit that is almost entirely obscured by the giant accordion she's playing. This is the kind of wacky shit that the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo were doing, and you can find video of that on the internet if you're looking for it. As the 70s wound down, though, Danny wanted to scale back the organization from a full theater troupe to a more traditional rock band setup for a number of reasons. I think mostly he wanted to do some more experimental stuff in the vein of the ska and new wave bands he was into at the time, and he could just do that better with a smaller outfit. Plus it meant they could travel more readily and put out actual studio recordings more easily. The new eight-piece band tried out the name The Mystic Knights for a very short time before settling on Oingo Boingo in 1979. In 1980, after a little success attracting record label attention, they released their first song to really get them any mainstream attention called Only a Lad. Only a lad. 
This song is a pretty good representative of the Oingo Boingo sound, much of which is very hard to listen to casually. There's a strange, genre-bending intellectual quality to their music, and it all comes out with a lot of force and odd harmonies. If you want to go on a musical journey that will be, really, unlike anything else you could do in the world of popular music, I heartily recommend doing a deep dive into Oingo Boingo's discography. Now, none of their albums or songs can really be called hits in the traditional sense of the word. But Oingo Boingo's influence was bigger in the 80s than their chart success would lead you to believe. This is partially because Danny Elfman became a prolific film score composer. In 1985, he composed the score to the Tim Burton flick Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You may know this song. And once you know the Oingo Boingo connection, it's kind of impossible not to hear it. Elfman would go on to score almost all of Tim Burton's movies, and a bunch of others including Men in Black and the first Spider-Man movie. And the band itself would provide the title track to the 1985 movie Weird Science, which we opened the segment on. That song would become the band's highest charting single at number 45, off their highest selling album, Dead Man's Party, which is a phenomenal record I would recommend to literally anybody. It's probably Oingo Boingo's most accessible work, but it still has that wild Oingo Boingo energy. And we'll go out on the title track, why not? Victor, I'm all dressed up and ready for JoJo. Walking with the stand right over my shoulder. Ooh, I like it. Waiting for a tarot card to arrive. Going to Egypt because mm-hmm. Dio's still alive. <laughs> yes. Don't <laughs> run away. It's only t- That's it. Dude, yeah. dude, how long did it take you to do that? I literally look up the lyrics and just start replacing them with JoJo things. I'm like... <laughs> I, I mean, that was that was like... It's too good this, though. This is pretty good. Like that fit too I mean, well. Yeah, I am great and amazing and talented. A lyrical genius. <laughs> what was that? You all talked at the same time, probably <laughs> shouting me down. <laughs> no, no, I called you a lyrical genius. Oh yeah. I no, said, you're... "How about you go fuck yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut out Victor's segment. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but we come back to uh, like we we're. Thoth has made the prediction. They're going to put a bomb in an orange, put it in their car, and then Jotaro is going to explode. It's been written. It's Volper. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Jotaro's head is going to get split in two, and then he's out of the game. <laughs> Brother, this is going to be too easy. I love how he gets, like, how casually he just walks up to the car, smashes off the handle with the wrench, kicks, he kicks the wrench the under the car after he uses it. So fucking. Like, gotta get, uh, gotta get rid of the evidence. 
it's part of his stando power. I don't know. He's man. humming as he does. <laughs> Putting a bomb into is an it... orange is a strange choice. It's a very weird it choice. Was, it was written. <laughs> so who are you to argue, I guess? He sets up like a C4 explosive inside a hollowed out orange, and it's got like a timer on it and he glues the lid onto the orange, mm-hmm. and three seconds after this orange's skin is bro- broken, the bomb will go off. That's what we're working with. Sure. <laughs> I, I, how, I don't know how, how you managed to get this. Yeah, bomb what kind of device did you use? Go. Right? <laughs> it Ugh. has been decided. Boingo is watching, like, he's... Standing behind a fire hydrant like he's hiding behind it, but he's bigger than the fire hydrant. Barely, so very just funny. because of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny to me, though. It's just it's a like little a kid reading manga. Who the fuck yeah. would know? But yeah, we cut back to, to Oingo sealing this orange up with some, some E6000 or something, just making sure it's nice and sealed. And yeah. then he hides it among other oranges, because how could this go wrong? <laughs> they just have a bag of oranges in their car. <laughs> And look, it because has been the... written. Also, why did he get in this car like this? Where he's just <laughs> he, he's like on all fours on the seat in the car, just face down, <laughs> ass up. <laughs> and Joseph, he could have just chucked the orange and walked away. Yeah. And Joseph and Palmer walk up, and they're like, "Hey, what the fuck is this guy doing in our car?" And I'm like, hey, "Thank you," <laughs> because these two are not smart enough to like check. <laughs> it's great. Thinking quickly, Oingo's goes. like, "Oh wait, oh shit! They're they're gonna find me because they're both like running around the car, like, oh no, what's going on? Get out of the car! Get out of the car!" And he stands up, and he's got Jotaro's face on. Like you, you see Jotaro's hat peek over the car, and then it goes up and up <laughs> and, and up as he stands up <laughs> because he just turned his like he, he just makes his hat head. And face look like Jotaro's. And all his hair that's like piled up is now the hat. It's wonderful because it's the wrong size, the wrong shape. He's wearing a different outfit, but he looks just like Jotaro. He's like, hey, it's just me. Good grief. So is that actually Jotaro's yeah. voice actor? Because yeah, it, it sounds too much. Yeah, to, it is. yeah. okay. It, it is. I love that he throws in a Yara Yara does it for good measure. <laughs> yeah. He's done his scouting. He, like, he knows. Just barely enough. But like just he doesn't change his clothes, doesn't change his eye color even. It's just it's just his face and hair, and he's just like trying to roll with it. And and of course, Ponderf and Joseph are are actually rightfully suspicious of what's going on here. He's like, "Where's your school jacket?" And he doesn't recognize the word for school jacket, so he's just like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is that?" Oh no! What is it? Oh no! Mm-hmm. This is the rest of the episode. All right, like, <laughs> it's these two idiots. Like the only two that would not have spotted this immediately, <laughs> getting really suspicious, and then accepting everything that is fed to them because they're stupid. Like. It, <laughs> They are so dumb, and I love every second but of it. They, no. they manage to be so clever at the same time. Like, I, it just <laughs> like, no, it, it baffles of, me. That's part of why this episode works. It's because, like, you honestly don't know. Okay, did Polnareff, like, 
actually do this because he's suspicious, or is Polnareff just being an idiot? Yeah, right like, now? and I'm like, it, there's mo- like several moments where I'm like, is Polnareff just like being an absolute genius right now, or is he just stumbling into all of this? I choose to believe that this is what Jotaro has to deal with 24-7 throughout this entire trip. I have this written down at the end where I'm like, this guy could not deal with these two bullshit, like these two idiots bullshit for five goddamn minutes. Five minutes. I understand why Jotaro is so mad all the time. So you're all just saying this is a window into just the day in the life of the Stardust Crusaders? Yes. Yes. Good. Literally, it's like, hey. We want to have an orange eating race? <laughs> like, oh, also, with the trash orange you just found in the gutter? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so, he freaks out over the school jacket, and then eventually he figures out what it is, and he goes, like, because they're like, look, you got a different outfit on, man. He's like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I sent it to the cleaners. <laughs> a brilliant line! <laughs> and I didn't have money because I left my wallet in the car car uh-huh. so i came back for it and i'm like yeah just plausible he, enough he's so proud sure, meanwhile he's wearing the fucking egyptian god card on his shirt <laughs> <laughs> and only these two jackasses would not <laughs> notice that yep. like in in the cafe he was wearing an apron over it cool all right so jotaro yeah. couldn't see it but these two jackasses are looking right at it, and Polnareff's comment is, that's really not a good look on you. <laughs> it's just Polnareff get, putting him down. It's like, dude, what the fuck is with your fashion sense? <laughs> like, he's mean about it, too. It's not like a nice, like, dude, you know, let's get you. No, it's like, man, who the fuck would wear that? <laughs> Jeez. God. Who could he have cha- changed into to not let this happen? This sequence of events. Could have been Avdol. A cop? Dio. (laughs) Iggy? Uh, Literally any female? (laughs) Literally any female, yeah. (laughs) Like, with these two chuckle fucks, yeah. (laughs) You know what? But it would just be a female's face on, like, just a slight... No, he can change his body. No, he can't. He can change his his weight and his smell. He says this. And his height. What? Bullshit. He changes height to do this. He says it, and he, he says, does. Uh, yeah. He mm. gets shorter to, like, he's taller than Jotaro. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. And, like, just take the beating. <laughs> they don't, okay. know, they don't, know, they don't know you're a stand user. Just pretend like you're trying to steal their oranges. Like, it, just, yeah. uh, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> we'll get to that, because that's the fatal flaw here, is that he forgets the lesson. He doesn't believe enough in, like... Yeah. Cause he's like, "All right, uh, I'll meet you guys at the hospital." He's like, "They're like, no, you're right here. Let's get in the car." As they and just he's fucking like, muscle him into well, the car, Polnareff <laughs> shoves him in head first. I'm like, "This would not have happened to the real Joe." Yeah, Rose. like the no. real Joe would not put up with that. And there is a wonderful moment as it cuts to his face, Boingo and Boingo's faces are like. Oh no! He's got Jotaro's face. As they both know the game, yes, it plays it out to you. Where like, there's no we, the audience knows it's wonderful. It's, oh, the game is afoot now because if they cut to the inside of the car and he's freaking out with this like freaking like Donkey Kong worried face, and he's like, it looks so good on Jotaro, and he doubts it, and he's like, it'll be okay. I'll just throw away the orange. It'll be fine. Uh-oh. <laughs> How does this not set off the goddamn bomb? It's a thick rind, all right? Yeah. Just that little impact on the road isn't going to be enough to break the skin. <laughs> Throws the orange away, and they're like, 
hey, Iggy caught up to us and jumped in the car, and what's that in his mouth? Like, <laughs> it's a fucking orange. <laughs> it's just like he threw it, it bounced off of a girder, flew through a rain pipe, and came back in the car. It's Looney Tunes <laughs> ass bullshit. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Oh, <laughs> like, fucking episode. <laughs> so just all of these facial expressions on Jotaro's face are so good. Yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's like, did you steal that, Iggy? That'll make a nice gift for Kakuita and Abdul. Oh, shit. <laughs> the street orange. <laughs> and he makes this noise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't usually like, make weird noises, Jotaro. Yo, wait a minute, Jotaro would. They both give him shit for it. It's like that doesn't sound like s- you. There are so many scenes where both of them stop driving, turn around, <laughs> and look at him. It's like Joseph, like, eyes forward. Pilgrim's like, like you're acting very peculiar today. This method of transport has made it a long way in the hands of Joseph Joestar. <laughs> Which is weird, because it was missing two wheels a second ago. <laughs> yeah, like last episode. Also, Although, it's still missing a door handle. They didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny, because the wheels that were missing in the mon- the Thoth manga panel are like busted up and like got repairs on them. <laughs> <laughs> Which God, I thought this... was a nice touch. <laughs> and then oh, fucking Polner of lights another cigarette and we're no, his no, third he, cigarette of the episode and of the series. You, uh, you, the, missed, yep. you missed where Polner uh, is like giving uh, fake Jotaro some shit and he's like, You're acting very peculiar today. You wouldn't happen to be uh, yeah. fake, would fake. you? <laughs> and I'm like, Are are you a genius or a fucking idiot? Like, I, 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 like the whole episode, I can't decide. Like, the only like you absolutely know. Next episode, Polnareff is like, "Hey, Jotaro, you're looking a little strange today. <laughs> Fuck off, Polnareff. Perhaps you're not a fake." Like, <laughs> this is clearly this is just what Polnareff does. He's a fucking yes. jackass. And- this happens every single day. This is just a net negative to team morale. And then he does light that cigarette, and he proceeds to do something that you would do with somebody you would suspect to be a fake, and is like, hey, remember that trick you showed me? Like this? Hey, could you do, do this trick thing. again? And, 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 like, the guy is like, oh, shit, my, my, my cover's blown, but unless I can do this trick. I can do like like I mean I what I I can, I know how to what, do that trick. And, and what he does is he takes a cigarette, lights it, opens it, and like flips it into its mouth while lit, and that's the trick. Ta da! Like and not burning himself. Yeah, and, and Owen goes like, I actually know how to do that. Like I I, I I'm in the clear. And then Paul was like, No, this. no, do the one where you did it with five of five them. Five cigarettes. And I'm like. <laughs> Jotaro 100% has never done this. I know. Also, just... Joseph, you need to discipline your grandson if he can't do this. <laughs> he's is, a minor. He's yucking it up. He's like having a good time. He's like, oh, you're doing it. <laughs> like when Polnareff says he taught him that trick and he's like, look, I've gotten, like Joseph is legitimately proud of Polnareff. Wow, Polnareff, you've gotten a lot better at that a trick. Lot better. Like... <laughs> 
I'm just like, these two <laughs> fucking idiots. I think that's it. Are they stupid or are they fucking with I, I love Are them. they stupid? And then, like, Polnareff ups the ante and is like, oh, yeah, and you drank this juice last time without putting out the cigarettes. Because <laughs> he, the guy does it. He's like, there's like a long, prolonged, oh, no, can I do five at once? It's like getting ready to burn him. And he does it and he sticks the landing and then Polnareff, yeah. Oh yeah, can you also drink this soda without putting them out? <laughs> Jesus. Can you also tell me what card I'm thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> and then he fucks oh, up God. the trick because of course he's going to fuck up the trick because nobody can do this. <laughs> That's just Paul being an asshole. <laughs> I know. And like this guy goes with a full-blown panic attack. Like, they are driving him crazy. He's like, no, I'm going to die. Why are they doing this? Why are they acting this way? Have they sent through my disguise? Like, these two should, like, be tipped off. Like, like their, their bullshit meter should be through the roof right now. Because Jotaro would have never put up with even a fraction of this. But, again, they're too stupid. Like, d- d- I wonder if they're just having fun with this. Like, these are the most incompetent stand users we've seen to date. Like, the line is razor thin. But but I'm falling on the line of Polnareff and Joseph are just too stupid. uh, Are you ready for Polnareff to be like, hey, the way you're clasping your hands... Your left thumb is on top. <gasps> oh, oh, no! And goes like, who it's pays like, attention to this? Of, who, what kind of maniac would recognize this? <laughs> and I've it's been the kind of maniac out. who's... who's... God. Because <laughs> it's just polar effect. Doing, like, that thing people did in fifth grade. Where, yes. Hey, Jotaro, if your hand's bigger than your face, you have cancer. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And that's the only reason Polar calls it out, because Polar, it is being really, juvenile as fuck. Really giving me a headache right now. <laughs> uh, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Because he does, it's like, oh, if your left thumb's on top, you were a woman in your past life. <laughs> and he's like, I'm a, my right thumb's on top, so I must have been a man in a past life. And Joseph says, incredibly, it's off the wheel. <laughs> my left thumb is on top, so I guess I was a woman in a past life. And I'm like, yes, you were a woman in this life, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Tequila Joestar. <laughs> and you just see the internal monologue of Oingo, and, like, he really is just, like, having a full-blown panic attack. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, holding his, his chest, too, and he's like, God, these people, I, I just can't this, handle this anymore. This I is a good, s- like, inverted callback to Enya, just, like, internal monologuing constantly as Polar <laughs> fucks yes. with her. Like, <laughs> I, he, this, this poor man... Like, he, all he I wanted feel- to do was murder he just should have chosen these two idiots instead of Jotaro I do feel really bad for Oiko I don't he's also an idiot and deserves everything that comes to him oh he is so stupid but you know how you feel for the coyote when everything keeps on hitting him like the yes. giant slingshot snaps back and hits him the rock okay. travels all the way around the sonic circle and comes back and flattens him. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't really feel bad for him. But you still do a little bit. He tried so hard. And he's he's, like, he's so much effort. To hit the first domino. Yeah. He's trying so hard to keep up with these idiots, too. <laughs> and he's like, wait, 
I've got it! I'll just pretend to have to use the bathroom. And then Polgraf turns around unprompted. Hey, Jotaro, want to see you get an orange faster? <laughs> who, wants, who wants to see if I can eat this plastic orange faster? It's like, Polgraf, I hate you so much. <laughs> what an idiot. That is what sealed it for me, that this is just Polnareff. Because, (laughs) unprompted, this garbage fruit that Iggy brought him out of the gutter. (laughs) Because the guy who points out, dude, the dog took that out of the gutter. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. All right, let's get it. It's not dirty or bruised. It only has these dog teeth marks all the way around. (laughs) God. No, 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 no. You, You really... Shouldn't do that. It could have been in, like, anywhere, man. <laughs> it's like, going to taste like coffee gum. <laughs> it's okay. Oingo has the perfect plan. He'll just fake having a stomach ache and get out of the well, car. At this point, he has a real stomach ache <laughs> and ulcers. <laughs> a migraine, you know, just... <laughs> And he God. just, he hops in the front seat and flails like a fish in Polnareff's lap. Because it's a coop, he has to get out through the front yeah. seat. I gotta, I gotta get out now. I'm gonna shit my pants. Which makes Gives it up even him. more improbable that he was in the back seat on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cause he's like, no, this bomb's gonna go off. I have to leave now. Bye. And and, and like they're like, hey Jotaro, and he just freezes. He just and, stops. And, and the, the two of them superhero pose. They <laughs> get this like two minute stare down. It's just like, like wait a minute, Joe. And they have the look on their faces like they know. And they're like, hey. <laughs> bring the toilet paper with you. <laughs> Why does Polnareff have this? Like, the editing on this is so perfect because it's just like a minute of dramatic music and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Jotaro. Don't forget the toilet. Then he just runs off. Like grabs it, runs off. The comedic timing on it is so perfect. As they change the music, break all the tension. It's beautiful. Like I just love the way Oingo just keeps getting more and more cartoonish. Like at one point, he turns into a fucking metal slug character. Like, like his face just starts distorting in the weirdest way. <laughs> God. Uh, the the poor, the abuse this motherfucker goes through. Because <laughs> Joseph and Polnareff are like, well, the hospital's right there. Let's just drive away. And as they're driving away, Polnareff's like, you know what? You're right. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> eat this garbage orange. <laughs> it throws it yeah, just like, have just toss it. 30 in the back. We have a whole <laughs> damn bag. We could stand to lose one. Yeah, and so he just tosses out the window. And then it teleports. You see this right over. You see this top down as you see both Oingo and the fucking orange going both towards this rock, and you're just like, I know this is gonna happen. I want to watch this happen because I don't. I want this gone from out of my mouth. I want this anxiety (laughs) that has been forced upon me to be done. You're done being edged. Yeah. God. And then his, I'm good. his lips go full, like, Stallone sneer as he's like, oh, no! Because he was, all he had to do was drop the face, drop the disguise, and Jotaro would have blown up 100%. It was <laughs> written. But he's too stupid to do this. He waited too long. 
And, so, and he steps on the orange. Yep. And explodes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And of course, like, the fucking Wingus and Dingus, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, they're driving away, there's a mushroom cloud in the background, like, five feet behind them. What was that? I don't know, probably construction. <laughs> what construction did you see on your way in? It's like empty plains all the way around you for at least four miles. It's called Not My Problem. <laughs> That's Joseph just being like, yeah, fuck it, I'm too lazy to deal with that shit. Yep. Well, if Jotaro just exploded, he can take care of himself. <laughs> uh, but anyway, oh, we get a touching scene where Oingo is like, Brother Boingo, we lost. We lost so terribly. And Boingo has the spirit of a warrior because he's like, No, no, Thoth hasn't lost yet. I can still do this. Or, you know, they would be able to if uh, they hadn't mugged a guy earlier. This <laughs> <No. laughs> back around in a good way. With, like, Six dudes He's like Fuck them up Like I'll pay anyone Who fucks these two up They're the ones Who stole it And it just ends On like the slide whistle Of them getting beaten up (laughs) This is is what we call Chekhov's nerd With money (laughs) I just love how it ends On like a classic Like children's ending It's just like But Vendata Or but Boingo would have to wait to avenge his brother. Don't give up, Boingo. Life has its ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, like, oh. cut to the hospital where jo- actual Jotaro is walking up to it. <laughs> and they're like, wait, how did you beat us here? How did you take a ship behind that rock, change your outfit, and get here in time? It's like, and dude, Jotaro's you're like, too fast at that. It's like, the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? Give me one of those oranges. <laughs> <laughs> Give me. That's it. That's all that nobody thinks that's weird. <laughs> no. What the fuck are you talking about? Give me an orange. <laughs> no, wait. Weren't you really opposed to orange eating earlier? Wingo and Boingo God. roll up in their ambulance, just like just completely <laughs> trashed. They're like, "Hey, doesn't that outfit look familiar?" No, no, let's go in the hospital. No. <laughs> and we then gotta see how Atoma Kaku Eater do. We get the to be continued, and then the episode starts. <laughs> We're given the most amazing ending I've ever seen. Oh God, I'm so glad it happened in this season where the ending is trash. Ah. Uh. Yes. <laughs> Finally, a reprieve from that trash ending for two whole episodes. Oh my God. Oh, but. We get a bespoke ending that's like animated like the Oingo Boingo comic with a new ending song that's the two of them singing the Oingo Boingo Brazza! Somehow seeing these like character models in motion just makes them all the more mesmerizing and like. Yes. Yeah. It's in this. Like, I still can't describe how I feel about it, but it's hard to look away from. Yeah. It's terrifying. I love seeing how, like, the Crusaders are, like, Polaref's giant nose. Yeah. Like, Jodor is actually the only one who looks handsome in this, and a pretty. Thank you. Paul has Nigel Thornberry. Smashing. Like, he transforms into Polnareff, and it just looks like fucking Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> God. <It's> very good. <sighs> go, go, brother. Oh, my God. Oh, I was so happy at the end of this episode. 
I was so so happy. <laughs> oh my so, god, yeah, Victor, I couldn't believe like it. Episode. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, this is this is no shit. The best episode of the show to this point. There is not a competition. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to argue against that. No. <laughs> I think I have more favorite ones this season. But like, and there is one specific episode 11 of Diamond is Unbreakable, I think, like, is better than this for me. Is that the oh. Italian restaurant? And let's go eat. Let's go that's eat Italian, Italian food. Fuck, that's I, such a good episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Darby the Older. Yeah. Darby the Older is also really good this episode, this season. Like, It's very uh, good in a different way. Yep. What so, you yeah, it's good in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so we're all in agreement. A plus best episode. I just, I just want to wax about it a little more here. Is it like go they for go it. for pure comedy? They also do this entire episode from the villain's perspective, essentially, right? Yeah. yeah. And it they just do it right. It's so good. Everything works. The the dramatic irony, just Oigo freaking out constantly. Polnareff and Joseph being fucking morons. Like, <laughs> There, it hits on all cylinders. Yes. God. I feel so bad for the other three. Like, so fucking bad. You're on a road trip with these two. Joseph, I know you're a fake. Was it your robot hand on the other hand? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. You can't just make shit up. <laughs> uh. My God! Like, I would have expected Joseph to respond to that with, "Oh, was it? Oh, no, it wasn't." <laughs> <laughs> he would check. You're right. He would check. Yeah, he would just stare at his hands for like two minutes while driving. He would take his hands off the wheel to do yeah. this. I feel like at this point, Kakuin would just be like, "Kakuin, you must be in a b- shut the fuck up, Polar." Like, Kakuin just has that rapport with him now, where he would put him down immediately. <laughs> Why do we even bring you? Polar seemed really excited at the beginning of this episode to like have left Kakyoin behind. <laughs> have that discussion because if he's blind, that's a problem. Because, well, or I don't know, sample size of one, but the blind stand user was by far the most dangerous. <laughs> and you know what? Emerald's like fucking hierophant oh, green. Hierophant green would be a great stand for a blind person. Now I'm just imagining, like, Kakuin dressed as no duel, like, with the cane, with those sunglasses on, as, like, Hierophant Green is, like, squirming under the ground going after people. And instead oh, of instead so of the Duke Devlin hair, he's got the the Kakuin forelock and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Actually, I want this. That's what I'm masturbating to tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the- well, now you just guaranteed that none of our fans will draw this for us. Thanks, dude. <laughs> no! Joke's on them. He's already masturbated. Joke's on us. We don't have fans. <laughs> nah. I already drew it. I didn't do a good job, but it's there. It's good just enough. make your own porn. It got you there. Yeah. Anyway, before this gets any further... Thank you all for watching. Where can we find everyone? Well, if you're still listening, I'm great. You can find me at Los Grantalonis on Twitter. That's Los underscore Grantalonis. You can find me, Tim, at Big Blue Zam. I don't know why you would want to do that after this, but. No. 
You can find me on Twitter at TF Waffleman. Tweet at the podcast at Joe Star All Stars. Follow us, you know, get updates, jokes when the episodes go live. Uh, and uh, find us wherever you find fine podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Joe Star All Stars. Fireside.fm. And even if you're not still listening, you can still email us at joestarlstars at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend, and inflict us on other people. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> thing there. It, it it already uh, looks kind of cockyweenish. He does. <laughs> if Cockyween and Nadul had an egg, <laughs> it would be too devlin. You are correct. Devlin. Yeah, and his and his stando dungeon dice monsters. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No no no! no. <laughs> Don't show me pregnant Duke Devlin, Tim. It's too late. Oh, we all know Cockyween carries the egg. <laughs> That's not canon. God. Uh. God, this was like a fantastic. Like, uh, oh, I, for I, some I, reason, I, this run through, this was like much better than the previous three times I watched this. <laughs> I was so my, so blown away. Something about my current hatred for Polnareff really like was the icing <laughs> on this game. <laughs> Just my absolute, total lack of any respect for him as a person, as a character, makes this better. Like, this is the type of episode that makes you sit down and think, does Araki actually know what he's doing? Like, this is this is the JoJo. Is, are they being brilliant or an idiot? Is Araki, like, it feels like four he, moves ahead? It feels like he's being a genius on, like, this episode. <laughs> but then he, like, forgets... Everything flashes of <laughs> like sheer brilliance, <laughs> like. Uh, but what it works, it it really works. Look, and God bless David Productions. <laughs> Iggy, weren't you a pug? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been a Boston Terrier the whole time. <laughs> he's a goblin. <laughs> and now he has transformed into his true form of a like I. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's a human face on, like, a weird round Pokemon body with giant leaf ears. It's so strange. Yeah, he's a Pokemon now. His his ears are yellow. Yeah. That's not a natural color. (laughs) You gotta jazz up the stand user somehow. Do you? He should have worn a had an outfit like Pet Shop. You know what? That's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching along with us. This has been Joe Star All Star signing out for all of you. Oingo! Oingo! Goodbye!